0: Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by EcomC, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA product level and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of EcomC, and today we we'll bring you another special guest. His name is Aaron Cordovez and he's actually the founder and CEO of Samurai Setter, which is one of the top. Uh, software uh, companies out there when it comes to Amazon PPC and actually he's also an eight-figure seller. So I'm very excited to have Aaron uh, today on board because we're going to be covering everything that you have to consider when it comes to jumping on Amazon 2024. We have seen the market changing a lot the last couple of years, specifically the last couple of months with all the fees and and so on. So I'm sure Aaron is going to be dropping a few bumps on today's episode uh so yes Aaron it's a pleasure thank you so much for being on the show man how you doing
2: awesome brother fantastic excellent now good to be with you here and uh you know it's always good to talk with los paisanos you know exactly yes. and uh means a person <laughs> like your brother you know from the same land same, bro. and uh yeah man and by the way i'm open about my brand so you, you know you could say do like kitchen it's not a problem you know we did uh like awesome. kitchen itself did over 80 million in sales last year uh wow, which was pretty cool. And uh we've been growing. So uh I'm
1: ready to talk about whatever. Man, so proud of you, man. Yeah, I know when I when I knew you were from Venezuela as so far I said finally, I man, another guy from Venezuela is also awesome on the space. We can talk a little bit of Spanish here. <laughs> <laughs> so um so let's talk a little bit with your story, man, because it's it's so inspiring, you know, and I'm sure people listening and watching this episode might be wondering, you know, how you got started as an Amazon seller. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. How, how you jump into Amazon in the first place. You know?
2: So for me, I'll tell you my life. Uh, my my wife wanted to have babies. Okay. And I was not ready for babies, man. I, I don't know. I'm a little <laughs> kid, bro. I was, I don't know, 23 or 24. Yeah. And like, I'm broke. I, I got no money. I got, I got, I don't know, man. I just want to go home and play some video games, bro. Like, I don't know. Exactly. I, I want to uh-huh. watch the movies. I want to go like, I don't know, man, like working and like, uh oh, I don't know. I I basically somehow along my life decided that I was not responsible enough or I needed to be rich one day to have babies. And honestly, my wife talked to me and she said, like, oh, like, let's have babies. And, and, and you know, it's very convincing. <laughs> you know, you have like,
0: let's do know, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, okay. okay yeah.
2: <laughs> no, but I was really extremely scared and um she eventually convinced me uh by she got my mom involved in the conversation. Mm, and my mom, you know Smart. <laughs> smart. And I and uh and it's funny because my mom is very direct, right? My mom's name, her name is Sulai. It's actually the Zulai okay. Kitchen's name after her. Wow. And so okay, my wife's been telling me to have babies for a few months and I was like, No way, we're broke. I don't even have a job, like you know, yeah. what's happening? She was supporting me and, and and she was literally supporting me. She doesn't want the job and I was at home doing nothing. So my mom came to me and she said like, so your wife wants to have a baby. Like, what do you have to say? And I said, I'm not ready. I broke this. <laughs> and my mom says, what is the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. I said, uh, well, that we're living under a bridge that my baby's like eating dirt that I can't that feed them. Me. They starve and I starve and we all starve and we'll die under the bridge or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh I was really thinking if I had a baby, I, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't have enough food and I would I don't know, maybe we wouldn't pay rent. So yeah. Yeah. uh she said, Okay, listen, if you get to that point ever, I will buy your ticket to fly here and you can live in my house. Wow. And okay. and I will feed the baby and the baby will not starve because I will take care of that baby. Wow. If we ever get there. And I said, Wow. Uh okay.
1: I need That's to a have a baby, baby <laughs>
2: mom, right? And then no no and then and then she said she said she said okay, is there any other reason you don't want to have a baby? And I go mm hmm. uh no that that was it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> now I can't. <laughs> wow. So then uh then my wife Whitney, she she goes, uh okay, like let's roll. So so when anyway, we went to try to have babies and um, we had uh she got pregnant, what, two, three months later? Well, wow. you know, my she's okay. pregnant with her first child, and I go, like, okay, I need it. Like I, I went, I got a job, uh, had a job, but then I realized too, I'm making like how do how is she we have no money now to support the the babysitter or the daycare, and I don't know. So I anyway, I, I decided that. I had to become more of a, of a role model, more of somebody. I now am in charge of an entire human being's life, okay? Uh, exactly. the, the baby that uh, she got pregnant with is Luna. That's my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I realized her life will be good or not good almost directly in my responsibility. Like, I'm in charge of an entire human being. And that's part of what I was scared of. Is like, if I mess up, like, I'm not messing up just myself. I can mess up myself, but messing up someone else is like a lot of a harder pill to swallow. So uh, I said, okay. so anyway, uh, eventually I I, I figured out how to make more money, which is going to programming. I did a programming school. Uh, That was the whole story. We'll kind of skip it because it's not that Amazon related, but it was amazing. (laughs) And then I was starting to make six figures. I was making over $100,000 a year after I got my programming job from nothing, from $20 an hour to like $56 an hour. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing. That took five months. That was incredible. And then I was I was now the baby's born, Luna. And I realized, like, there's so many expenses. My wife is not working. There's so much things I want to do, and I I don't have enough. Like, I have to make more. And around that time, a friend of mine sold me the Amazing Selling Machine course. And at that time, that was the only course available. Those were the pros. Like, on that course, at that time, that's all you needed to know to get started. Because just getting live on Amazon at that time was enough to get you some sort of sales. Right? Like, you do the same exact strategy, then you do it now, you probably won't make any sales. So... But at that time, it was fantastic. I got sold the course. I said, let's go. And my goal was starting starting, starting to sell on Amazon was to make $500 a month, maybe $1,000 a month. Just if I could pay for private school for my daughter nice. with Amazon, that would be a, that would be amazing. And I said, realistically, look, the course cost me $4,000 because it was $5,000, mm-hmm. but I made my buddy refund me 1000 because he made $2,500 on affiliate program. I said, you give me $1,000 <laughs> and I'll sign up with So <laughs>
1: That's
2: <you."> smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had $4,000 $4, into the course. I said... If I work at this and I get it to $500 a month in one year, I'll make back my money. And then exactly. the next year I'll make $5,000. That's probably a good investment. Just thinking about it logically, like, let's mm-hmm. go. We started and the first product I did was the lemon squeezer, a uh, two-in-one lemon squeezer, which is still number one on Amazon right now for the manual juicer category. Uh, wow. I, I did a lot of testing on that. I, I Literally, I ordered, I want to say about 24 different samples. Uh, from like six different factories, like four models from each one, something like that. I ordered from them, Amazon, the competitors, and I did a crazy test. I'm like, which is the best lemon squeezer? <laughs> I had a very simple idea, a very simple proposition that I said, how would I succeed on Amazon? And that was yeah. make a better product that mm-hmm. people would be happier to buy mine than the top seller. Because if I do that, marketing will be easier. And in fact, I can have a passion and a purpose to sell my product. Because I know if they buy mine instead of the top seller, I'm doing them a favor. If your product is worse than the top seller and you do good marketing, you've now made a customer's life worse. I didn't want that. So I said, I want to be yeah. valuable and I want to have something that is worth it. So I had to test, you know, over 20 different lemon squeezers and I made a checklist. I did five different categories. I said, uh, how it was priced, how it looked, how well it uh, squeezed the lemons, how durable it was, and another thing. Um, whatever. Fine. Let me ask you one point. quick
1: question. How you came up with this idea in the first place? Why lemon squeezer and not another type of product?
2: Why? So I did a, I did a very simple thing, which now I I, I also teach people now how to sell. And I have a, a course that's coming out that I've been working on very deeply. And I do a very similar process to I, to what I learned back then from Amazing Selling Machine, which is the first thing you do. Okay. Now, they did it one way and I did it a bit different way. But mm-hmm. you make a list of like 20 products at least that you have some idea that would be good. It has some volume of sales. There are sellers that are selling well, and mm-hmm. you have some sort of idea that it will sell. Now at that time, there was a range of like BSR. It was very technical. It was like yeah. the best seller rank, which is how much it sells. If it's, if the best seller rank was somewhere between like 500 and 2000, you could go after it. Now it's a, that's yeah. too simplistic of an approach, right? I don't think that that's a terrible way of picking a product. But that's the only way that I knew at the time. So that's what okay. I did. And for then it was fine because the, almost every product was open at that time to sell. And so I just picked, and in fact, mine, the bestseller was like 300 rank. So it fell outside of their kind of category. But I said, uh, I'll actually find a place that I think I can make a difference. So I used those numbers, but I added a piece, which was, I want something where I can stand out. One of my One of my, the top three products that I chose after the 20, so you get 20. You're bringing it down to mm-hmm. three. And then from those three, you pick one. So my top three, one of them was like salad claws. These little bear claws, mm-hmm. right, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get the salad. Yeah. And okay. all of them looked the same, dude. They all looked identical, right? So I go, how do I differentiate? Because it fit the numbers that they wanted. But when yeah. I thought, like, how can I be different? Dude, they were all the same. It's like a little piece of plastic cool. you can make. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? So I, I let it go. Um, And then uh, the other product I even forgot, I think it was a grill brush. Uh, (laughs) and they all look kind of similar. The group brush, there's more opportunity. It was better. That was probably my second choice. And the number one was the lemon squeezer. Why? On the lemon squeezer, all of the top sellers were different. Okay. There was stainless steel. There's aluminum. There's the enameled one that I had. There's a two-in-one. There's like the red ones. There's yellow. like, there was Mm -hmm. so much variety. And I said, okay, there is a chance to stand out because you're not like, there's actually people are not just interested in one type. They like, variety and i thought okay i can win in this market because i'm gonna find the best one out of all of them and i'll make that one stand out and that's what okay. i decided and so that's when i tested all the 24 and i did all the stuff and i said this is the best one and the very best one in fact was the cheapest one believe it or not wow This the same wow. model i had from like four different factories the two-in-one
1: yeah yeah
2: there was one that was charging me like 560 and one that was charging like 250 and I I tested them without like a blindfold, like I, I didn't know what supplier which one was what. I, we labeled it mm-hmm. separately with a number or something. When my wife helped me, and uh, I put it and I said this is the best. And I said, damn, this sucks because it's so much better. I know it's going to be the more expensive one, <laughs> and it was actually the one that was two dollars and fifty cents. So don't crazy. like I would never tell someone to go after just the most expensive because sometimes they're just cheating you. They just think you're a new person, you're going to b- pay the most and they'll damn. make money that way. So I went with that product, man, and and it was crazy. I mean, we launched it and. That's that's how we got started. To answer your question, uh, and then ended up well, being number one bestseller within about a year and a half.
1: Good, good. Um, and how the idea came uh, for creating, you know, the whole universe that you have created, pretty much in the kitchen space. You have many other pros now within your brand. Um, so how you then decided to go down that road? Like you came up with other ideas on the line, or how you um came with that uh, initiative to create the brand after that initial um lemon press. There, There's
2: a philosophy that I believe, which is mm-hmm. if something can work once,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it can work again. Okay. If you could do something right one time, you could do something right a second time. And just, mm-hmm. it's just math. Like, I mean, if you could do it, you could, you could continue to do it. And so if this lemon squeezer was such a success, why would I stop there? Why would exactly. I say, okay, I mean, I could, I could replace my, my income with just a lemon squeezer
0: mm-hmm.
2: and stay the same. No, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. In this life to just stay the same as it was last year. Exactly. I want to go to the next level. I want to see what I could do. And I don't know, man. It's it's like a it's almost like a video game, right? It's like there's a there's a leaderboard, there's next a level. rankings. Yeah, like yeah. I got number one <laughs> lemon squeezer on the planet for Amazon. That's like a big yeah. deal. I wanna do that more. I wanna keep getting market share and also delivering good service because people love this lemon squeezer. I would sell it also to my friends, right? Like Originally, some of my first reviews were people, you know, whoever, uh, people, friends I knew, people from church. And I would be like, hey, buy this lemon squeezer. Um, mm-hmm. And I would try to get them to actually buy it so it wasn't like a problem. And if they wouldn't yeah, buy yeah. it, then maybe I'd give it to them for free. And at that time, you actually could give product for free for a review. And yeah, that yeah, was so. in, inside yeah. Amazon's terms of service. But anyway, and these guys would come to me like two years later, three years later and say, I love this product, right? Like this thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I use it every day. What And I am go, wow. So I'm, I, I found that I could bring value through Amazon. And so I said, okay, yep. let's, let's do more. And so we started the first test and I, I, I didn't start with one more. I started with four more because nice. I, I could do one. So we did four. And that was, I think, the second year in Christmas time. We launched like in November before Black Friday. And, mm-hmm. and it was literally sold out before Black Friday hit. All the four products sold out before Black Friday. Wow. It was absolutely crazy that that's when everything crazy. like lit up like whoa well actually the yeah. first thing when i sold my first product i went crazy dude when i saw my first lemon squeezer yeah. that wasn't like my cousin or my brother or somebody i was like yeah, yeah. There's oh my God. something like, here man. Who, who is this person <laughs> who is this stephanie i've never heard of them that's not that's yeah, not yeah. my cousin that's nobody like th- that crazy, was the first time enough. the light bulb went off right and then mm, the second light bulb was when we launched the four products and they all sold out and i go this is unbelievable man, this is yeah. unbelievable. This could be. This could be taken to hundreds, thousands of products, right? And so now we have over a thousand SKUs in July, and that's wow. like that was the idea. That's when the you can do it. Like I, I don't know. It's possible. Just how yeah. somebody wins, a, you know, and they're in basketball and they win some sort of like local championship. They go, okay, I think I can beat the state championship. You beat the state, then you go to federal, and you go like, damn, this isn't too hard. These guys are training just as much as I am. They've been in the game as long as I am. Like there's, there's no special person that has some crazy god-given abilities we all have god-given abilities we all are special we all can do amazing things and so i said like why not go after more and more products
1: yeah awesome and the reason why I, i actually was asking you that question is because connecting now to the topic is I strongly believe now more than ever, you really need to have the mindset of creating a brand. You know, those days of creating just a me-to-product just for some quick cash are over um, and you briefly mentioned that at the beginning. So I guess we can start uh, with this initial point, you know, as, um, as a conversation in terms of, you know, when people, especially in 2024, now this first month, people are reaching out to you and asking you, you know, what I should do uh, to be successful on Amazon. Will you say that nowadays when people are looking launch a product on amazon should they start thinking about the long-term potential like in your case you start with the lemon squeezer but then you create a whole ecosystem on a brand or or if not what would be your approach like i would like to hear your 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 take on this like what what would you say the best approach right now
2: the very best approach is to first understand that there's there's i guess three aspects okay
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and for me it started with okay so there's this thing called like who you are, right? Who, you, who mm-hmm. you're going to be, what you're going to do, and then what you're going to have. You want a successful business, right? You want to have product that's selling. You want to have a profitable company. Good. What are you going to have to do for that? You're going to have to work harder than 1 million people because there's more than 1 million sellers on Amazon. So how are you going to work harder? How are you going to be in the top 1%? That means out of, mm. every, out of 99 people that sell on Amazon, you need to do more than them. But then bef- even more than that, who are you going to be? Are you going to be a person who's going to give up easily? Are you going to be a person who's just going to like try and say and blame it on, oh, the wrong product, the wrong time, the wrong economy, who who you're going to be? And so for me, that started, I'm like, I'm going to be. And in that case, it was a provider. I'm going to be the father. I'm going to be a person who will take this and will figure it out. That is the very Mm -hmm. first step. It's like, who are you going to be? And I took that step and I said, I'm the business owner. I'm responsible. It's not the economy. It's not Jeff Bezos. It's nobody else. (laughs) <laughs> knowing the fact knowing the fact that people can make money on amazon that it yes. is being done every single day that new sellers are being profitable every single day and that every category has disruption and every single category can and probably will have a different top seller in 10 years from now right and if you just know that that is a fact that is not my opinion every category changes there are best sellers and people changing every single day and if you know that you say why not me exactly. why can i not be that person and if you look at Zulai kitchen at this point we have a thousand products me myself aaron cordovas cannot guide every single product with the strategy right i don't have yeah. a thousand staff if i had a thousand Possibly. staff and a thousand products <laughs> hey, we'll you can, <laughs> yeah you could say yeah i'll be broke but like then every product can have a full person with attention. When you start a yeah. company, you have the advantage where you're one person and you're focused on one product. So you can do way more than mm-hmm. I am going to do on a brand new product because you have more time. You have more energy. You have yeah. that, the, the force. And so when you know I can do something and I will do it, that is the first step. And then you say, which product am I going to do? Can I make this product better than what's out there? And if you do that, and then you have to just say, can I communicate what it does better than the next person? And if that's all you do, you have one product, one person. You have more resources than any other company, basically, in the planet, because most people don't have one person for one product.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's key. I think um, we always fall into that mentality and we see all the time across all the channels. People say, oh, it's too late to jump on Amazon because they see all these people with dozens of reviews and all of that. But the reality is that, yes, all of them have... An opportunity to be disrupted and, and you know especially if you really think outside the box which i can tell you there are so many things you can do nowadays oh yeah uh, and and that brings me to my next um, point which is you know what what are some of those things you will say in 2024 people should be doing to actually disrupt our space are we talking here branding are we talking here patents are we talking here sourcing from different places outside of china what are some of those things people can do to really make a difference and enter a category yeah
2: yeah so when you look at a category, man, I, I, I'll tell you, I just did, I did a training. Okay. Cause I'm recording mm-hmm. this course. Right. And yeah. it's, it, it's on my website. Actually, you can still sign up for it right now, even though it's not fully launched, I like get still there. And a buddy Good. of mine from high school actually signed up for it. Okay. And in my course, I'll, I'll tell it right now. Like, I don't care. I'm not like, I'll talk about the strategy, but essentially you make the same 20 products and you're going to rate, you're going to see the top three sellers on a specific keyword. The, the, the trick is to find what I call the kindergarten keyword. The kindergarten mm-hmm. keyword is the easy place you can win a fight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have, for example, lemon squeezer, right? Yeah. You may not beat me on lemon squeezer. You probably w- won't, but maybe you'll beat me on like citrus squeezer or mm-hmm. orange juicer because my thing's not really made for oranges. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want to pick a fight with me for that product. You're not going to go after lemon squeezer because that's dumb because I'll win. Right. Or mine is yeah. even a two in one lemon lime squeezer. You have no chance. But if you find like orange juicer and you make your thing orange and you put oranges all over it and your whole listing is all about oranges. Well, then you are extremely relevant for that search term. And you probably can beat me in that orange juicer category. Right. So the way that you have to enter a category is find what is the search term? What is mm-hmm. that kindergarten keyword that someone's going to type in and it's going to be a kindergarten fight? You're not going to go to the UFC fight, dude. You want to fight in kindergarten. You want to fight somebody who's not ready. For that keyword, you want to find where they're weakest, right? One example that I did, uh, I almost didn't want to talk about it because it's such a good example. We're selling so much. (laughs) So maybe I I shouldn't say it. But let's just say it's a product that can do like 100 things. Well, everybody's like a popcorn maker. Everybody wants it for Mm -hmm. popcorn maker. But maybe somebody like, I don't know, they pop almonds or something. I don't know. Like roasting almonds. Nobody nobody uses it for that. So what's happening is the listing doesn't show it. So you can have even the same exact product, but yours, the listing shows how you roast the almonds. And you use Mm -hmm. the same popcorn machine, but it literally roasts almonds. And you have almonds in your main image and you have almonds in your second image, you have it in your title. Now for the search term almond roaster, right? That's what you want to find because you'll beat that. Nobody on the entirety of Amazon is promoting the product in that way. So you're actually the first to market. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if the guy has 20,000 reviews, he doesn't talk about almonds until image number six. Okay. Exactly. So you find yeah. the keyword you're going to go after. That's your niche. Cause on Amazon, it's all about the search. So find a search that the people have products that are not very relevant to it. Right. Then you pick that one, you see the top three sellers and you say, good, how relevant is it? How many reviews do they have? And how sexy is that listing? If it's not a sexy listing, well, even if it's a sexy listing, but it's not answering that keyword you say, dude, this is good. This is a B item. This is A+. plus. This is something I want to go after. And when you pick 20 or 25 products and you rate every single product in that way based on the keyword you want to go after, then mm-hmm. you nail it down to three, then you nail it down to one, and that's the product. That is literally the entire thing that I'm teaching on my course. Now, someone signed up for it from my, my high school, and they said, hey, let me send you the list. They sent me the list, and I said, dude, these products are amazing. These products wow. are fantastic. Like any of your top four products, you can launch any of those, and you'll probably be very successful because the method works. There are these keywords you can find in these markets you can find just by looking. If you just look at like yoga ball, dude, you're screwed. Yoga ball, you'll never win. But <laughs> yeah, you can you get bust. like, you can yeah. find, for example, like if you're going to launch a yoga ball, you say, you know, yoga ball for seniors with arthritis or something. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, good. The main image already has something about that. The second image, the title is talking about how it can improve your joints and this and some studies mm-hmm. and that, I don't know, whatever it is. And I'm not even saying it will improve it or, or, or even if that's a keyword, I don't know. Yeah. But when you find that angle, you could win all of the sales or a good percentage, 30% of the sales from people searching yoga ball for seniors, right? Because that's what your listing is like. So don't go after the main keyword. Niche down. That is the biggest, biggest key thing you have to know in 2023. Go after the kindergarten keywords.
1: Awesome. Now, when it comes to... Of course, the pro selection is super important, but something that I get asked a lot and it goes side by side with this is like, you can have an amazing product, but at the end of the day, it also comes down to how you launch it, right? A launching a product is like, can really make or break the business. Um, You know, a high level, it would be curious to know uh, right now with your brand, like what are some of the methodologies you're using? What, what, what I mean by this, like, are you only launching pros right now? using only purely uh, PPC are using external traffic are using a newsletter uh, like uh, your email list like tell me a little bit about what are some of those things that you see working for you when it comes to launching a bro
2: okay you ready for a a, a huge secret
1: <laughs> yes let's go bro
2: okay okay <laughs> if you haven't surveyed with a poll a survey your main image versus a top seller's main image. And one, you might as well forget about launching a product. Don't mm-hmm. don't don't even launch it. Okay. Interesting. That image and that thing is 80% of the battle getting the click. And the click is gonna be that image. You're not gonna have the reviews at the beginning. Your price, your price and your image, right? But your price, okay, you know, most people can, can lower their the price stuff. and try to sell it. Yeah, you can always change yeah. it. But that image, if you survey it, so we did a launch, we did one of our most successful launches ever uh, about a month ago. And Mm -hmm. we beat all the top guys, right? This is now what we're doing for us to even launch a product. We have to win that survey and it's changed everything where our success rate might've been 15% on products right now. Our last four products have all succeeded, right? So I don't think we're going to have a hundred percent success rate, but the launch process is not so much about how you launch promotion wise. It's about how you're listing that main image, how that looks. If you're winning there, and you want to mm-hmm. launch it, let's say at a break even price or very like making very little margin five percent margin, ten percent margin, break even. Sometimes, if you have variations, you might even launch below break even. If you're at a very, very sexy price and your image will win, dude, however, almost any method you use to launch will work. Now, of course, you're going to need to spend on ads, like that's what we do. We do ads only, okay? Yeah. We really do okay. ads only. We haven't done a single giveaway since like maybe I want to say March of 2020. We got a warning and we said, okay. Yeah, You know, we've that's repented it. and n- not, not any kind of giveaway <laughs> of any sort of way. I don't care. Nobody is allowed to do that. If I have like, everybody reads like, anyway, zero, any sort of uh, uh, crazy gray stuff, but our launches still work. Why? Because when you are ignoring the cheating, when you're ignoring the black hat, then you're forced, if you're going to succeed mm-hmm. to do the hard work that, and the hard work is making the main image. That's amazing. And sometimes you cannot win the main image unless your product looks sexy enough, right? Your product yeah. might be ugly. There's no way you're gonna win. So we have two survey phases, right? We actually check for that the product. We do what's called like a um, the the table test. Okay, we just okay. put the top seller. We actually will buy the top seller's product, put it on the table, take a picture, and then put our product on the table, take a picture, like the sample or whatever uh, uh, production sample yeah. we have. And we survey and we ask the customer, what do they like? Okay. Without Photoshop, without anything, we don't take their main image, we first do that one. Because that'll tell you, that will tell you if the model that you have had is actually more attractive to customers. That's step one. Mm -hmm. If you have that winning, then you know, if you work on that image with the designer over and over, then you can win. Because if the product on Photoshop can win, then it can also win after Photoshop. So we do two surveys at the model level, to make sure that the model itself is sexy enough and attractive enough. The look of the product is so, so, so important. If, the look, if it looks better on the top guy, perfect. That can go into production everything else. Then before launch, you have to make sure that your touched up image, your rendering, whatever you do
0: mm-hmm.
2: also beats them. And if they beat them in both those ways, you've tested it, you have a very, very real chance of winning because customers like your stuff, how it looks better
1: yeah and i think something that i can strongly connect with this uh, tip which is amazing by the way is the fact that we have seen even internally when it comes to uh, when you want to position a product the amazon takes a very close uh a uh, look at how you convert against the top sellers you know your conversion rate when you're running advertisement and everything and it goes hand uh, side by side with what you're saying like if the conversion is out there you're not getting the clicks like you can have the best product in the world but you're not going to stick the landing um, and as, as we call it yeah. um, now from the ppc perspective we have seen that you know ppc every single day gets more and more competitive yeah, uh, yeah. also you know the cost per click goes up uh, at the same time you know there are more uh, strategies that you can do because amazon keeps running out things in terms of you know placements and things along those lines so one not- what is one of the main, uh, you know, advice you can give in terms of PPC? I know it can get very technical, sure. but just to keep it brief for listeners, like what are some of the things people need to be careful about, um, and and some of the things that maybe you can provide in terms of tips in terms of PPC? Yeah.
2: The first tip is you need to learn the ads. You need to learn what the clicks are, the mm-hmm. the your benchmarks for your category, because if you trust somebody. Like, even trusting me, right? If you come and say, hey, Aaron, manage my PPC. Because Samurai Seller, we actually manage PPC. And you know nothing about it. Not that it would happen with us, because obviously, we're actually pretty good at it, okay? But let's say you assume it's pretty good. But maybe that day, we had a change, and we had a new manager, and that person made a mistake or something. And you came on, and we had a poor performance. There's no way. If you don't know how to read the the metrics, the statistics, the reports. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna say, "Well, my product is failing because my PPC management agency." No, they won't. So you won't sense. even say it. But maybe, it, maybe we were doing a terrible job, right? Whoever mm-hmm. it is, whoever is the best agency on the planet, can make mistakes. This is a human industry, so they might have a hundred clients, and and you might trust them. It might be a buddy of yours from high school or whatever, and no. they're doing a terrible job. We we just bought a brand. We bought a brand. Okay, we just closed on it. And I'm I'm not even joking. There was a campaign, okay. There was a campaign. This is ridiculous, okay. <laughs> it had two thousand percent ACOs.
1: Wow. Great. They
2: spent forty thousand dollars. And spent almost forty thousand and made like I want to say four thousand in sales or no no two thousand in sales. It was a 1, thousand hundred in sales, forty thousand in ad spend. I go, and I said, hey, Grace. how did you find this person? How did you find this agency that that was managing it? And They said. Oh, it's a good friend of mine that really knows ads.
1: Oh my God,
2: they're a pro. Yeah. They really know advertising extremely well. And I go, oh my, thank gosh, God. This is un unbelievable. Now there was a glitch. Somehow that account got charged over a thousand dollars per click, which is above the maximum for like Whoa. I think eight thousand dollars. <laughs> of that was like was eight clicks or something. So yeah. or four clicks. So again, it should have been, instead of been eighteen hundred a cost, it would have been more like maybe twelve hundred a cost. But still, that's probably like. It's yeah, so uh, yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, but how somebody's so bad at ads that literally Amazon is like, I'm going to just charge them money. I don't know how that works. But the point yeah. is this. If you try, I know a person who's selling over 100 million a year on Amazon and still they're on their ads every single day. Okay.
1: Hmm.
2: If you're at a one, if you're under a million dollars in sales and you have an ad agency, I, I don't know what you're you're spending your time on. Unless this is a side gig, you're not expecting to be like serious it's about hard. it. And, like make it be big cool you gave it to an agency and you like an agency a lot of times they're good at kind of keeping it where it is maybe increasing a little bit but when you're going to go like big you need to understand it and probably do it yourself and if you've mm-hmm. done it yourself then you know how to manage then an agency and how to pick a good one and how to see the performance and get reports and and like now i don't manage my ads myself i do like this morning i was changing some ads Uh, and i, and yeah. I still am regularly in there maybe like two three times a week i like go in there and I check things and I do it. And I say, Hey, what's up with this? And give some strategy. I'm still in there. All right. And we're almost at nine figures. Now, if you don't, if you just trust somebody, that's, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. It's like trusting somebody (laughs) with the quality of your product, right? Like you wouldn't say, okay, I don't need to do an inspection. I don't need to test my product. Like I trust you. Why would you not do that with a factory, but then you do that with ads. So Mm -hmm. you need to know it yourself. That's the first step. Second step is, Ads can scale your product, okay? That's what they're for. When your product works, if your product is profitable, if your product is doing well, you can multiply its success with the ads, okay? If your product is not profitable, if no one's clicking on it, if it has bad reviews, you will not fix it with the ads. All the ads do is basically a multiplier, right? And a multiplier, but it's not, like let's say you're not going to maybe double it, like, you're not going to put this, you know, some money and then just double it. Well, you can, but it won't be a one to one ratio, meaning if it's very good and it's, let's say, making, I don't know, $500 profit in a day, $100 profit in a day, make it easier, $100 profit in a day. If you put in $100 in ads, you maybe are not going to make $300 in profit because the ad sales typically are going to be harder to make profit than organic. Because organic is like you're already there. The ad sales will be a little bit harder. So if you're not profitable on the organic, right, with very low bids, very low bids or something like that, you're not going to scale it. You have to be profitable at a low spend. And then the trick with the ads is you can go, okay, this product is working. This product is making profit. Make sure you have inventory. You get three months inventory, six months inventory. You get a lot of inventory for that product. Then you want to turn that switch up and then you put the video ads, the headline ads. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the video on ASIN ads, you want to put, um, you know, the display ads, you want to put the TV, you want to put all sorts of ads, and you could multiply your spend, you know, by three times four X and be more profitable. But it's not going to be like it, it'll cost you a bit more, is all, is all I'm saying. Yeah, like you need yeah. to be prepared to win with very little ads, and if the product's yes. very much winning. That's your perfect product to spend a bunch of money on ads, not the product that's dying and like, hey, let me save it with ads. It it's typically doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah. In fact, I see that mistake all the time. People think that, you know, ads is the savior of the product. And sometimes what they do is they go downwards on this part of that. I, uh, basically, they, they just keep po- pumping more money into a product that they think they issue traffic. But realistically the issue is just the you know the product itself the foundation and and they just get stick with it and that's why we see so many people struggling um and not moving to the next one you know the next product um mm-hmm. now um to start concluding i would say in 2024 right with everything going on and 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 you know fees going up um and, and so on um uh, what would be one of the other tips you will give for people to get ready to to write this year? I mean, because, you know, things are getting tougher and, and we see that all the time. We jump on LinkedIn. There are so many blogs right now talking about what is going to happen this year with the new fees and all of that. So w- w- what is your take on that? Like how a new seller could prepare for that um to to be ready this year?
2: So the An thing is about for know? for a new seller, man, yeah. ignore the noise, dude ignore ignore that noise. Some people telling us too hard and this and this and the fees. Mm. You know when I when I started this lemon squeezer, I didn't I I was so new and so bad that I thought my fees were double what they were. So <laughs> oh, wow. So you know that like the the dashboard when it gives yeah. you your referral fee, it bases it on the or now it's been fixed, but I think it only fixed it 2 years ago. It used to have like the your price. You have a your price, which is like your list price, your MSRP. And then you have your sale price, right? So I think my list price originally was like $20 and my sale price was $9 or something like that. But at at, at $9.99, it showed me the full fee. So I thought Amazon was going to take like almost $6 out of every sale, right? At $9.99. And I said, wow, I need to be so efficient. I just thought the fees, I just thought like it's so high and my margin needs to be so big. And it was actually good. It was good for me to think like the the fees were higher because I thought I was almost just a little bit better than break even, but I was actually Mm -hmm. making Mm -hmm. good money, right? Because I thought it was worse. But what that does when there's a lot of fees, all that tells you, it's a message to tell you to be extra efficient and to have a very good product that you will be able to be very profitable on. Because if your profit is, I don't know, 20% or something on a product, 30%, 50%, whatever it is, And you have extra fees. Good. It's going to go from 50 to 40, 48 or 47 or 45. Yeah. But it won't kill your product. If your product's at 5% margin, you're already at a loss, dude. If you're at 5% margin, it means you failed. Like you can't make a company where your product margin is 5%. It won't work. So as long as you're focusing on a product that is valuable to the market enough to have a price that makes sense for you, a bit of fees, it might be a little bit tough. Well, all it yep. means is that you have to focus on the basics stronger. So I would say ignore all the noise. Ignore, okay, the fees. This, yes. Should you make your products a little bit smaller? Absolutely. Should you check mm-hmm. your fee tiers and really be knowledgeable of how those tiers work? Yes. We just actually reworked one of our products to be in a lower tier, and it's going to make a lot more profit this year, okay? Good. Even with the increases, when you can make things smaller, uh, you know, vacuum seal, I don't know. If you can make things smaller, it's always good, and it'll give you better when there's more fees. But the truth is, if a 2% increase in fees is going to break your company, then you are very unstable in the first place. So I don't know. Just, just. Yeah, it makes sense. Stop reading the people telling you it's too hard.
1: Stop. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think uh, what also this is making is that the whole uh, market is getting stabilized in the sense that it's not side hustle anymore. Like this is, you know, business one on one. And I think the era of just Mm -hmm. seeing this as a, a thing you do after work just as i I think half an hour per week is over Mm -hmm. and i think people is really real and put the sweat and tears into this it's really gonna come on top and and we see it every day with all the successful sellers that you and me know personally so aaron it's been a pleasure to have you on the show i'm sure people might be wondering you know you briefly mentioned your agency as well in terms of ppc so tell me a little bit about that and in case they want to reach out and then also, tell us if people want to reach out to you personally to ask any questions related to selling on Amazon. Yeah.
2: Perfect. So uh, Samurai Seller, that's our software, right? We do profit tracking. We do uh, Amazon ad management. And uh, you just go to SamuraiSeller.com and there's like a contact form there if you're interested in that. Or you know what? Just you can message me directly. I'm on LinkedIn a lot, um, uh, X or Twitter. Uh, I'm on nice. any social media. You just type Aaron Cordova, you'll find me. And the big thing that I'm really going to like, uh, it will be released this year is my nice. course. I have a, ma- I have a massive course. So right now I have a mini course. It's basically just like mindset and like general concepts. That's erincordovas.com slash start, right? So you start with me, but when you come on there, you'll be on the list when the big course gets released. It's going to be extremely affordable because I want people to have a chance to go through what I did. And in fact, we love to buy companies. We're buying companies, kitchen companies, nice. supplement companies, Skincare companies on, on my website, AaronCordova.com slash exit. Like if you want to sell your company, if you're already a successful seller and start over again, it's amazing. You'll see people flip. They, they make a company, sell it, make another one with that capital, sell it bigger, sell know. it bigger. It's a crazy, crazy cycle. And I, I, I love this. So uh, question is, you can reach out to me, Instagram, on LinkedIn, whatever. Uh, I get back to almost everybody. And don't ask me for a call uh, because <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to get on a call with a random stranger. Unless yeah. you want to go and do like a coaching, okay? AaronCordova.com slash coaching. You, you could book a call with me, but that'll be a paid call. Like a message yep. I could do, I could do it at nighttime, you know, before going to bed, answer some messages. That's cool. Uh, very open to that all the time. And and I, and I, even if you send me your listing, I'll look at it and like give you feedback. It's no problem.
1: Awesome, Aaron. So thank you so much. Uh, and, you know, wish you all the best. I'm looking forward to see your upcoming events, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. And
2: yeah. hey, hold on before you go, dude, what yeah. have you been up to, man? Tell me, tell me oh. about what you're excited for <laughs> this year, bro. What, what's up with you?
1: Man, this year for me is, for the agency, is, is going to be crazy. Like in terms of you know, uh, the team itself is growing very fast. So just as of now, before this episode was, you know, uh, bringing more people to the team, uh, we're going more and more internationally in terms of you know, going to new regions to support brands to to jump on Amazon. We also do Walmart. I think you know that. And we just a, open a new partnership with Alibaba, so we're helping brands to do B two B as well. So a lot of exciting oh. things, man. Yeah, you're gonna see more of my face around the states this year as well. So I'm sure we're gonna have some fun there. Yeah,
2: awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> and then, do you hire anybody in Venezuela or no?
1: Yes, I already have three people. Yeah.
2: Okay, I have. I have a. We did a big uh hiring thing. I have a bunch of people. If you wanna. Check out like hmm. video people and stuff like that. I can send you some, sure, uh, some some applicants that we didn't hire. Uh
1: So yeah, yeah, send send me that and I'm uh, happy to have it, man. Yeah, Sweet but uh, but it's, it's it's been a pleasure, man, to have you. I uh, appreciate your time. I know you you have a busy schedule, so thank you for making it. Um, and yes, as I told you, next week I'm going to um, to Miami, so hopefully I can see you there, man. Brilliant, brother. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Adiós.
2: Nice gusto. Take care.
1: You
0: too, man. Bye bye. Oh, wait. Thanks for listening to The E Commerce Lab by C. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website. At www.ecomc.com, where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.